Hello and welcome to Bible Marathon. We're all about learning how to read the Bible, about spiritual gifts and giving proper defense and explanation for what we believe as Christians. The goal is to progress with joy in the faith and without further ado, let's get into the word. Hi everyone. So, so it's been an amazing time. Um, learning about Christian persecution and, um, you know, knowing our history. Um, and, you know, today being a Christian seems to be something that is really fun and cool. And, um, you know, especially when you live in a place where Christianity is generally accepted, you know, people know that there are some people that are Christians and there's, there's that freedom to talk about your faith without really, you know, being bothered about or without, without having to worry about someone trying to pull out a gun and point at your head and say, oh, um, you know, deny your faith or you die or um, are you are you a Muslim or an infidel or things like that, you know. And then we have the freedom. There's a the freedom to talk about faith, um, go about confessing that we're children of God. Cool stuff, right? Christianity, is, you know, seems to be really cool in most of... Um, in, in most of the regions where we stay, right? And sometimes we tend to forget that we we not just have people who have suffered to get us to where we are today, but we still have people who currently go through tough times for the faith that we believe, for, for the gospel of Christ that we share. People who suffer persecution for for this same faith. And, you know, when I say persecution, I know we've talked about this um, in the first teaching and also in the last teaching. I just want to emphasize or make emphasis, like Ernest said, we're repeating some things. Um, so when I say persecution, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, just general bad things happening to you. I'm not talking about you suffering, um, um, you having like, natural bad or negative circumstances happening to you i'm talking about the fact that all over the world today 13 christians are killed every day you know um we have churches attacked we have we have christians arrested and imprisoned we have people abducted for our faith and sometimes it it seems like they're far away but they're also close because i say in nigeria and in nigeria like between 2019 and 2020, we had about 3,530 Christians who were killed for their faith. And that's a whole lot. That's a lot of numbers. And when we, so so when I'm saying persecution, I'm, I'm talking about people threatened, killed, deprived of their human rights. And when we think about this, when we talk about this, you know, we have a lot of people who hear this. Some people go on, oh, that's so cool. They did that for their faith, you know, and we have some people who are just there praying, oh God, um, like this is so sad. Let this not happen to us. Um, we're just praying that it doesn't get get to us. And, you know, I just really want to say this, that if if that's you, if you're that person who is who is saying, oh, oh, that's so sad, but God, let it not, let it not happen to me, then you still don't get it. Because if you if you understand um, the fact that we're one, then you would not be that person who was praying, Lord, they did not come to me because it's your destiny, right? And we're going to get there. I'm sure we've talked about this before, but we're going to um, make emphasis on that as well. So um, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 3, uh, can I have that up? In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 3, 
the Bible commands that we remember, remember the people that are in bonds as if you were there with them. Um, let's read that together. Okay, it says, remember the prisoners as sieve changed with them. Those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. And, you know, first time I read this verse, what came to my mind was, sorry guys, but what came to my mind first time I read this, was this Nollywood movie scenario where you see some people, um, you know, entering into some sort of blood covenant. And when something bad happens to one person, it happens to the other person. And they're both feeling, you know, whatever it is that is happening to the other person, even though they're not, you know, with each other. And when I think about that, I think about the fact that we as Christians, like every Christian is connected to every other Christian in the world today by the blood of Jesus. And that's, that's the greatest covenant that there is. That's the, that's the, that's the greatest, um, that's the greatest bond that we have on, on, on earth. Right. And, and so he says, remember those that are in bonds as if you were there with them. So don't just think about people who are persecuted and say, oh, that's cute. It's saying put yourself in their shoes. Like imagine that you're in a place where um, you're not safe. You, you can't even move freely. Or you're in a place where someone is pointing a gun at you, telling you to deny your faith or you die. Or you're in a place where maybe you're in a room with other people and then you have, you're kidnapped. All right. And there's someone coming to pick you one after the pick, pick the people in the room one after the other to kill them every day. And you know that one day this is going to be your turn because everyone is being handpicked. What would be your disposition? How would you feel in that kind of in that kind of situation? So he says, put yourself in their shoes and remember them in that same way. So we need to it's, it's something that we need to always bear in mind that we have siblings who are suffering for the same thing that we have the luxury of sharing. We have the luxury of, you know, making known to people. You always need to remember that. Don't just see them as oh, they're suffering. No. You need to like your mindset needs to go from where they're suffering for Christ's sake to we are suffering because if it's happening to them, then it's happening to you because we're one. Romans chapter 12, verse 12, um, chapter 12, verse 5. Um, we can, can we have that up? Romans 12, 5. Is that, do we have it? Is it up? Because I can't see it here. All right. Romans chapter 12, verse 5 says that though we are many, we are one, right? So he says, so we've been many, we are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So we're not separate. We're not different from them. So it's not that they are being persecuted. It is that we are being persecuted. The attack is not just on those people. Like the people killing them don't know them personally. Like they don't have a relationship with them. They don't care about where they come from. The only thing that qualifies them for that persecution is the fact that they're Christians. And so the attack is not just on them, it's on us. And we need to begin to see it this way. So we need to always bear it in mind because if we if we if we rejoice together, then we should all we should also, you know, um feel their pain. The same way our joy is one, our pain is also one. Romans chapter 12 verse 15. Same same chapter, Romans chapter twelve fifteen. Um, oh yeah, okay. So that's quite similar to what we read in Hebrews chapter thirteen verse three, right? 
we rejoice, to, we not only rejoice together, like being, being in Christ Jesus is not just you enjoying all of the good things, you know, persecution is your destiny. We've talked about that. We're going to talk about that. Persecution is your destiny. And so we need to be able to relate to these people. Don't you ever think that because you're not physically, um, because you're not physically attacked right now, or because you're not being persecuted at this moment in your life, then it means that you're not a victim. Because you are, because the same thing that qualifies these people for persecution is what qualifies you for the same. So you, 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 can't, you can't exempt yourself from the picture, from the persecution. You're, you're one of them. And I want, us, I want to run us through a very um, quick story. It's a story that I think we're familiar with. And I, I mean, this is BMG, so we're familiar with this story, right? Um, I'm going to run through. I don't want us to read to save our time. So I'm going to run us through. I'm just going to summarize everything and pick a verse that I want us to see. So the story is from the book of Esther. Yeah. So um, there's Esther, there's Mordecai, there's um, Haman, there's Zexus. So Zexus is the king. Esther is a queen. His wife, Mordecai's sister. Mordecai is a Jew, which makes Esther a Jew as well. And Haman is the man whom the king decided to honor. And so as a result of the king honoring Haman, Everyone is expected to bow in reverence to Haman every time he passes by, you know, um, the city, every time he goes by the city or goes through the city. And then there's Mordecai who would not bow down to this person because he's not God. He's a Jew. And, you know, um, Mordecai being a Jew would not bow down to anyone who is not God. And, you know, this matter gets to Haman, the person who is meant to be honored. And... Haman, hearing this, didn't just say, oh, I'm going to kill this guy, or I'm going to, you know, um, I'm going to deal with this one person who has decided not to honor me. When he was going to report to the king, he said that there is a sect of people, there is a group of people, Esther chapter 3, verse 8, <clears throat> said there is a group of people who, who do not follow the king's law. They don't listen to what you, they don't obey all the commands of the king. And he and, and then the king gives him the authority to do whatever it is that he pleases to do. And then he sends a letter to every province in the nation telling the leaders to eradicate. Thank you. He said there is a certain people scattered and dispersed. Uh, oh, all right. Thank you. Thank you. So he sends a letter to everybody um, telling them to eradicate every Jewish person from the youngest to the oldest. And then this issue gets to Mordecai. Mordecai reaches out to, to his sister in the palace, right? Who was the king, tells him, this is what is going on. You need to help us. You need to use your influence to help us. And if guys to stay with me, um, you need to use your influence to help us. And then she's, she responds to him by saying, I wish I could help, but no one goes into the king without being summoned by the king. And I haven't been summoned for 30 days now. So this... I, I really can't help. Like, I'm handicapped right now. And Mordecai responds to his sister um, in chapter 4, verse I, chapter four verse 12. Let's, let's see that very quickly. I'll, um, sure. Wait, are we there? Yes. Thank you. In chapter 4, verse 13. And Mordecai responded to her and said, do not think in your hearts that you would escape the king's, that you would escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. 
and this is so this is this is exactly where I'm going to. He he said, like this is Esther saying, see, I'm sorry I can't help you. Because if I go to meet the king, I'm going to die. And Mordecai is trying to, because when she got to the palace, I mean, she didn't go as a Jew. She hid her identity as a Jew. And this guy is telling, telling her, don't think you're different from us. Don't think because you're in the palace, this is not going to happen to you. Don't think because you're in a safe space. And I just want us to, I just want to relate this to us being Christians who are not currently being persecuted. Like, don't think because you're not currently experiencing the things that they are experiencing, it's not going to affect you or it doesn't affect you. Cause we're one, we're all, we're one and the same. And so this work, this is, this guy is telling his sister, don't think you're different from us. Cause if it affects us, it's definitely going to affect you. So you're either in or out, you're with us or you're either for us or you're against us. And if you don't help us, God will help us. Yeah, he said that eventually, but then, my point is the fact that he told her that don't think because you're in, you seem to be in a safer space, you're out of this mess. And that's something that I want us to realize. Don't think because you seem to be in a safer space, you're out of this mess because you're not. We're all one and the same. So you need to bear this in mind. Remember that we have people no, not just that we have people. Remember that we are suffering because we're in it together. Remember that we're currently suffering for Christ's sake and you know part of and there are ways to actually reach um what's um what's it called practically um engage with our brothers and sisters who are not who are who are experiencing the things that we're not experiencing you don't just leave them abandoned it's not it's not enough to be aware that oh there are people out there you know that are suffering for Christ's sake and you know it's so sad, such a sad reality. There, 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 there are better ways to do that. It's, it's not just in your mind. And part of the ways, or some practical ways, that that you can connect with people who are being persecuted, Christians, pardon me, Christians who are being persecuted, is number one. You get information about where the church has been persecuted. Um, I think Lydia also mentioned some of these places last week. Get get any information about where they're being persecuted, like Christians in North Korea, Somalia, you know, um, Pakistan. Get information about where they're being persecuted, what they're facing. You also need to understand what they're facing, what kind of situation they're in, and how do you help them? So you know the country, so you identify the places where Christians are being persecuted. You then want to understand how are these people like? What kind of persecution? Persecution can be different ways. They can be locked up in prison. They can be denied their human rights. You know, they can be burned alive, killed. All right. And so you want to understand what they're facing. You want to understand what they're experiencing and how you can help them. And how you can help them go all out of your way to help them. And there are there are actually you know ministries out there whose primary aim is to look out for the persecuted. Um, some examples are open doors. We have open doors. We have voice of martyrs. We have um, prison alerts, you know, just to mention a few. You can check these things online. We have ministries who are um, dedicated to this goal. So you want to you want to get information. Where are Christians being persecuted? Yes, I know that there are Christians that are being persecuted. It's, it's not okay to just say, oh, oh, that's so cute or that's so sad. How do I get involved in this? How do I become a part of this? So you get information, 
know where the church has been, know where Christians are being persecuted, understand what they're facing and understand how you can help them. Reach out to ministries that are dedicated dedicated to this um, cause, all right? Another way that you can help them is pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Um, pray for pray for their safety. Pray also for strength, for boldness, for utterance. Because this is one thing that we see in the Bible. Um, so let's let's open Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 to 20. Can we have that up? Ephesians 6, 18 to 20. All right. Um, it says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplications for all saints. So we're praying for all saints. Yes. The next next verse, please. Um, let me just read from here. Uh, I'll just read from here. It says, and praying the spirit on all occasions. Okay. And for me, thank you. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So this is Paul, who is bound, who is suffering for the gospel, and he's saying, "Pray, pray, that I have utterance to boldly preach the gospel." Because at the face of this, it's it's in the human nature to want to withdraw, to want to really say, "Is this thing really worth it?" So when we're praying for them, we pray for boldness. We pray, we pray for boldness. We pray for utterance. Um, um, we pray for strength. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. Colossians 4, 2 and 3. I'm still saying the same thing. Colossians 4, 3. Um, reading from here, it says, devote yourself yourselves in prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too. Pray for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains. So this is, this is, it's, it's not just enough that, you know, that we pray that, you know, they're safe or they're kept in safety or that we're reaching out to them. Also pray that they're strong. Pray that, you know, they have utterance they're bold even at the face of persecution because everybody needs that so another thing that we can do to i'm trying to watch because of the time another thing we can do to help to um connect with them connect with um christians that have been persecuted is write to them write to encourage them um we see we see um paul writing to all the churches in the New Testament, encouraging them, you know, teaching them the word of God, write to encourage them, let them know that they're not alone, write to encourage them, let them know that you're in this with them, that we're in this together. Another thing you can do, another thing you can do is donate food, donate, donate to them. Remember that in the first point, we, we talked about um, understanding what they're facing so you can know what you can know how to help them. So whether it's food that they need, whether it's money, whether it's materials, whatever the case may be, donate. So that still kind of links to the first one, getting information and understanding how you can help them, right? So when you know what they need, you know what to donate. Um, Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verse 45. Acts 2, 45, please. Let's, let's go through that. Acts 2, 45.
chapter. Yes, please, you can. Do we see that? Do we see that these people the, the, literally sold the things that they had for the people that did not have? And I'm saying this because I want us to have a mindset of, oh, I'm, I'm going to, I have to be comfortable and have everything in the world before I can reach out to these people. Even when you don't have, even when you don't have much, understand that this is something that you must do. Make it make make a decision that okay when I'm when when I'm getting my income maybe my monthly income or whatnot I'm separating this amount of money X Y and Z for for Christians that are being persecuted because I don't want them to lack so put that in mind donate give to them um, another thing we can do okay another thing we can do is um, advocate for them advocate for them by by creating awareness by creating awareness of the reality of christian persecution you know just sharing with government and human rights leaders you know religion religious freedom organizations letting people know creating out just creating awareness generally letting people know that persecution is still is still on it's still on and it's still hot like it has always been all right let people know let people know. And another way that I that I think that we can learn from the or learn that, that I think that we can relate with these people is learning from their faith. Because it's not easy to be at the forefront of persecution. It's not easy to be in the heat of it where you're there. You're actually the one who is being persecuted. So it's something to learn from. It's something to learn from. It's something. It's, it's, it's something that should boost our confidence that we know that this is something to die for. It's not just something to live for because we live for Christ, right? It's not just something to live for, but it's something to, to die for. Um, so if there, if there are other ways that you think we can, you know, connect with people who are being persecuted, you can raise your hands or, you know, drop something in the comment session. I'm trying to, and then we can discuss that before, before we leave. Um, all right. So, so these are ways that you can actually connect with, with people who are being persecuted, with Christians who are being persecuted. And so you don't, don't just think that um, you're just here to be, you know, to claim, oh, I'm saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized. You know, I'm just here to rule and reign with Christ, you know, and, and enjoy all of the benefits that is, that is, you know, in Christ. All right. Persecution is also your destiny. It's not just for some sex. It's for everybody. And this is another thing that I want us to keep in mind. Or I want to remind us of that persecution is your destiny. If you must reign with Christ, you must suffer with Christ. If you must reign with Christ, you must suffer with Christ. Um, this reminds me of the story of James and John. I think sons of the Um in Mark chapter 10, we, we can you can put up that um the verse Mark 10 35 to 35 to 37, thereabouts. So these guys went to meet Jesus and said, um, you know, they they recognized Jesus, they identified Jesus as the king of glorious, and they're like, We want to reign with you in glory, and we would love 
to be the ones right beside you, one of us at your left and the other at the right. And what did Jesus say? Jesus said to them, um, please, the next verse, 38, 38. Oh, okay. So anyway, 38, Jesus tells them that if you must sit by my side, by my left and my right, then you have to be able to drink of the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with. And this just goes to tell us, it's, see, it's not just, it's not just all bed of roses, you know, we're just here to enjoy and reign with the king. There is a part that you have to play. There is something that you have to go through. There's something that you have to go through. Okay. So, um, and like we've, we've seen in, in second Timothy chapter three, verse 12, that anybody who wants to live a life that is godly has to be persecuted. You, you just like, you can't escape it. And, and this is me telling you who is a Christian listening to me that if you're a Christian, you're a child of God and you're living the life that God has called you to live, there is no escape from persecution for you. All right. You, you can't, you can't, you can't escape it. It says, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer. It didn't say might suffer persecution. It said will suffer persecution. So it's your destiny. And, and, and so the question is, what should be your disposition towards persecution? Your disposition towards persecution. This is the first one. The first is embrace it as your destiny understand that it is your destiny to be persecuted you can't escape it i'm not saying you should um you know seek persecution in place you just you know i'm not saying you should seek for actively look for how to be persecuted no i'm telling you that when you focus on god all your gazes on god you're doing what god has called you to do you will be persecuted at some point all right because it's your destiny so you need to understand this and embrace it as your destiny. And another thing that I want us to know or have as our disposition towards persecution is glory in persecution, rejoice in persecution, boast, take pleasure, delight in persecution. It takes, it takes, it takes the revelation of Christ to have this attitude towards persecution. It doesn't make sense to people, people who see us from the outside or people who are watching from the outside. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a supernatural reality. Post in persecution. Romans chapter five, verse three. Um, Romans five, three. Let's, let's see that. Okay. Um, if you can see it, you can read it, but I can't see it here. Do you see that? It says we glory in, how, how do you glory in tribulation? We glory in tribulation. We rejoice. We make boast in tribulation. Because we know that this is our this is our reality. This is our life. It's our destiny. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. Second Corinthians 12, 10. If you if you if you can see it, you can read it. So I just like I want you to read this verse and try to. Like, does it make any logical sense that this guy say, I take pleasure in all the things, in persecution? It's your destiny. Embrace it and rejoice. Rejoice 
when you're being persecuted. Jesus calls them blessed that are persecuted for his sake. Matthew 5, 10 to 12. Um, let's not, let's not go to, I think we've talked about that in the first, um, first teaching. So um, I want us to see Acts, Acts chapter 5. Verse, verse um, 40 and 41. This is a practical example. Acts 5. Acts chapter 5. Are we there? Okay. Please make this make sense. How are you flawed? And you're rejoicing for the same thing that you were flogged for. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It's a, it's a mechanism from within. When, you've, when you're sold out, this is your disposition towards persecution. This is because you understand that this is your life. They were flogged for preaching in the name of Jesus. And immediately after, they started rejoicing. Oh my God, I'm also a partaker of the suffering of Christ. Like this is so amazing. Glory in persecution. Rejoice, delight in it. Delight in it. Also, your disposition towards persecution, endure, endure persecution, endure persecution. Um, Romans 12, 12, let's see that quick. Romans 12, there's patience in tribulation. That's, that's, that's what I, wanna, I want to pick from there. Patience in tribulation, endure, persevere. Yes, it's tough, but it's it's. It's, it's, it's your destiny. You endure. Like Jesus, Hebrews, Hebrews 12, 2. Bible says, please hope, let's, let's read that together. One, two, Hebrews 12, verse 2. Um, yes. So this verse, I know, I know, I, I know many people use this verse for, you know, they're believing God for something. They're like, we're looking up to Jesus, which is the very wrong way to do that, right? So this is saying, we're looking up to Jesus as our standard, right? As the example that in the same way that Jesus endured the cross, despising the shame, we also are able to do the same. So we're making Jesus, our, so Jesus has set an example for us and we're following that pattern. That's exactly what this verse is saying. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and sat at, down at the right hand of the throne of God. We should in the same way endure. He said, blessed are you when men persecute you for my sake, for great is your reward in heaven. Endure persecution. Um, glory to God. Are we together? I want to, show, I want to make sure that I'm just not... Okay. <laughs> All right, so another thing, encourage each other. We've talked about this before, but before we even, I, I want to I want to show us something in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 14, verse 19 to 21. Um, still talking about enduring persecution. Acts 14, 19 um, to 21. Acts chapter 14. Then... Do you see this? Paul was literally stoned to the point where he was assumed to be dead like that's and he didn't stop like after being stoned he still went back to preach it's not tell, tell me what this is if it's not endurance like it doesn't get better than this it's it's not it's not something that you can actually um grasp by your common sense all right 
Jessica has her hands raised. Yeah, I have a All question. Right. Okay, you have a question. All right. It's not a question, it's just like a thought. And maybe I just want to hear comments on it. Like, well, right. I mean, don't you ever think that maybe Paul was able to endure this persecution because he probably felt indebted to the body of Christ? Like, I mean, I used to do this to them. So, I mean, if they do that to me, then it's probably like I deserve it. I mean, for the sake of Christ, yes, but he literally allowed them to kill Philip. So, I don't know, I was just thinking about no. it. No, I, I, I don't think so, because Paul wasn't the only one who was persecuted, all right, for the sake of Christ. And he wasn't the only one who endured. And you would see, I think Paul is naturally a zealous person, because you would see that even before Paul became a Christian, the zeal with which he was persecuting Christian, you would think he was paid for it. Like, you would, you would think it was his life assignment to persecute Christians. So I think he's just a naturally zealous person. He's not, I, I don't think he did that um, because he felt like he wanted to, um, you know, make up for all the bad things that he had done to them. All right. Is that, is that, okay, are we good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, great. So um, so he, he was stoned and then he still went back, you know, to preach the gospel. My God, the time is flying. Okay, so um, so let's read the next verse, verse 22. Yes, verse 22 says, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and stay and saying, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. So he's encouraging them. And this leads me to the next one, which is encourage each other. He's encouraging them. He's telling them to stay in the faith. And he's letting them understand that this is their reality, that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of heaven. All right. Um, the next one is pray, pray. All right. Pray for strength, goodness, and utterance. The same prayer we pray for them, we pray for ourselves as well, because we are the ones who are being persecuted. And um, we should do the same thing that they've done that make them persecuted, not because we want to be persecuted, but because it's our life assignments. All right, we preach the gospel and we need boldness. We need our friends to do that. After the Apostles chapter 4, verse 23 to 31. Acts 23, Acts 4, 23 to 31. Um, Acts, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll do that, don't worry. Let me do that from here. I'll do that from here and I'll, I'm very quick with that. So it says, on the release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported to all that the um, chief priests and the elders had said to them when they heard this. So backstory, they healed someone, they were arrested for it, and now they've been released and they're back with the people, right? And it says um, they went back to their own people and when they heard this, they raised their voices. So they're telling other Christians what, what happened and when they did that, they raised their voices together, praying to God. And at this point, you would think that this is the point where they're going to be saying, oh God, please don't let this happen. Oh God, deliver us. And the next thing they said is, Sovereign Lord, they said, I'm reading, reading from NLT just in case. Um, Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father, David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together in 
with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your, your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, at this point, they're making boasts of God and they're saying, God, this is what, I, you know, this is what just happened. And, you know, they're, they make reference to all of the things that God is, right? And the prophecy of Jesus. And they said that this is something that you've prophesied that would happen. You've prophesied that we're going to be persecuted. And, you know, this is where you, you expect them to say, now God save us. We have been persecuted. Now save us. But what did they say? They said, verse 29, says, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servant to speak the word with great boldness. How do you pray like this after being, you know, um, threatened? Enable your servants with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, guess what happened? The place where they were was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. This is, this is powerful. This is amazing. That these guys were just warned not to do this. And instead of hiding or running away, they went back to pray. They're like, God, you already said this is going to happen and this is already happening. And Lord, we're praying right now. You would think that when they started saying, oh God, you made the heavens and the earth, you were, you, you were going to think that they would say, turn everything around and let it favor us. But no, they said, give us boldness. And as we, you know, give, as we preach the gospel, let there be signs and wonders following. And as they prayed, something happened. The place was shaken and they were bold. And they went out from there differently. They went out even fiercer than they were before. And this is what happens. And like this basically leads me to my next point, which is, don't forsake the fellowship of other Christians. Don't forsake the gathering of the saints. Something happens when we are together and we pray together and we do something together. They prayed and the place was shaken. Every time Christians gather together to pray in one accord, something happened. Something happens. In Acts of the Apostles chapter 2, they prayed together. They were in one accord. There were tongues on everyone's head like fire. When Peter was taken to prison after James was killed, the church prayed and he had a divine encounter. The angel of the Lord brought him out of the prison. When we gather together, we are stronger together, we're better. Hebrews 10, 25 commands that we do not forsake the gathering of the saints. We're better off together. Do not isolate yourself, which takes me back to the very first thing that I said, you know, at the beginning of this teaching, which is don't think you're separate from them. Don't think you're different from them. Don't think that because you're not, you know, currently experiencing the things that they may be experiencing, then you're better off. No, we're together in this. We're in this together and we're better off together. You cannot afford to isolate yourself. You cannot. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going, I'm just going to summarize some of the things that I Said or summarize everything that I said, right? Basically, and just in case you didn't get the points, I'm going to call them like um, from the beginning. So I talked about how we're one, all right, and um, we've talked about what persecution. We've talked about that before. Um, we've also um, talked about the fact that persecution is not, you know, you suffering. Like if you have a spiritual attack, that's still not persecution. It's just you suffering. It's just right. And when you're sick or when something bad happens to you, it's not. It's not persecution is, is, is still 
suffering, right? Because um, we're in a fallen world, world so you, you get fall sick by nature, right? So it's not persecution. So <clears throat> talk about what persecution is and ways to connect with persecuted, practical ways to persecuted Christians. Get information about where they are, where the church has been persecuted, understand what they're facing, know how you can help them. This is very important. And once you've gotten this information, you can also reach out to ministries that are that are devoted to this assignment, all right? Pray for them as well. Pray for them, write, encourage them, let them know that they're not alone. Donate to them, make donations, send your food, your money, anything you have, send it out to them because they need it. That's how they know they're not alone. Also, advocate for them. Advocate for them, create awareness, all right? Create awareness. I also talked about learning from their faith because it's something to learn from, understand that you're not just in this world too. You're not just a Christian. Come and shout glory, hallelujah, and, you know, live a sinless life. Learn from their faith. Know that this is something that you have to go through and um, learn from them. Also, your disposition to towards persecution. Um, first of all, you have to embrace it as your destiny. Understand that this is your life. It's something that you have to go through. It's something that you cannot escape all right embrace it as your destiny i also talked about glorying rejoicing making boast taking pleasure delighting in persecution i also mentioned enduring persecution you have to endure this we saw practical examples about this and encourage one another you know people encourage yourselves this is something that you have to go through but then we stand together we stand together pray talked about prayer and we're better together. Do not forsake the fellowship of each other. Um, yes, so I'm going to bring this to a close here because time is far spent. But I, w- I want I want to hear from people. Um, if you have, you know, comments or if there's anything you do you think you want to share at this point before we let's I want I want to hear from. Unmute yourself. Okay. Okay. Does this mean we're good? And no contributions. Are we good? Okay. All right, then um, I'll just say a word of prayer. Then I'll. <clears throat> Dear God, we bless you. Thank you, God, for, for your love. Thank you for the power of the gospel. Thank you because the gospel is prevailing in our time, in our age. We worship you, oh God, in the name of Jesus. And we ask for grace, great grace to practice all these things that we've learned today, to endure persecutions, to remember our brothers and our sisters who are in bonds like we are with them. Help us to take the necessary steps that we have to take in the name of Jesus. Um, Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Hey there, so we've come to the end of this teaching session and we hope it was for you a teaching and an enlightening moment. We have so many other topics on our podcast that range from spiritual gifts to charisma to interpreting the Bible world and so many others. If you'd like to listen to any one of them, just look through our podcast catalog and find the topic that you'd love to learn. If you'd like to join us Sunday live on MixLR or on Zoom, all you need to do is go to our website, which is bit.ly forward slash bmg live four that's the number four or you can look in the description and you will find the link to the website there we hope you have a blessed week and continue to grow 
and progress with joy in your faith.